because today I'm going to be preaching on some. Turn with me to Psalm 78, if you would. Let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. Psalm 78, and I'm going to be reading verses 15 and 16. Psalm 78, uh, verses 15 and 16. I'm only going to read two verses, but I'll be preaching on the whole psalm uh, as, as we go. Says, verse 15 says, He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of a great depth. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused water to run down the rivers. Now, over in, uh, back in, the, uh, let's go, Lord, in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the blessedness of, of of this day. Thank you, Lord, for the meeting we just had. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come out this morning, Lord, to the Lord's house. Lord, it's always a great pleasure and great joy of this pastor to see folks come out to the Lord's house. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll bless each and every one of them as they come here and as they leave today. Lord, I pray they'll say it was good to be in the house of the Lord once again. And, Lord, I'm so thankful that you see fit to bless us in every way. We don't deserve a lot of it, but uh, we know you still bless us uh, even though we, we don't deserve it. But, Lord, we know you love us, you care for us, and, Lord, you would constantly have us upon your mind. And, Lord, what a great blessing that is. Go with us, take care of us, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. This morning I want to speak on, uh, uh, this afternoon, I want to say this before I get started. This afternoon uh, uh, I'm going to be preaching from the same same Psalms. That's the reason I said we'll be, eventually today we'll be preaching on practically this whole Psalm. I'm going to be preaching on uh, 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 from the from the same psalm, but we're going to be preaching a different message uh, this this afternoon. So just remember this: uh, the the title of this message from this psalm is "Drinking from the Great Depths." Drinking from the Great Depths. Now this psalm is a parable. It's a parable of the. Uh, of the children of Israel or the wanderings of the children of Israel. It's likened unto this, you know, this is likened unto this. What, what God did uh, as he, as those children were wandering uh, in the desert and, and how God provided for them and how God took care of them. Now you'll say, uh, uh, how many of them were they? Well, some say there may be as many as six million of them that was just wandering around in the desert. Going around in circles, not getting, not going anywhere, just going around in circles in a desert, and how God took care of them. The Bible says even the, the the shoes of their feet didn't wear out, their clothes didn't wear out. They didn't have they didn't have to wash clothes every day. They didn't have to do this. They were wandering in the wilderness, and 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 as a result of it, some of it, some of it was for chastisement, but some of it was for blessings too to some of the children of Israel and so but this is a parable of their wanderings around there in the desert God took care of them all the way all the way all the time they wandered in the desert 
which was, I believe was 40 days, I believe it was, they wandered in the desert, and, and God took care of them all, all through that time. One, one of the things Jehovah God expects expected of them was that they teach their children the ways of the Lord. Now look over here. He says back over here in the fourth verse, he says, he says, but beginning in the first, he said, Give ear, O my people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Listen to this. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works, that he hath done, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which the commanded our fathers that they should not should make known them to their children. And why? That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Now I ask you today, how does the truth get from one place to another. I, I don't, as a pastor, I don't have the opportunity, you know, what little preaching I've done. You'll say, well, you've preached a lot, but, but what little preaching I've done is certainly not enough. It's not enough. You know, you can't, uh, I was just, as I was preparing this message and the one for this afternoon, as I was preparing these messages, I was thinking about, you know, how little preaching I've done to some members of this church. And the reason being is, is the fact is, sometimes they don't come. A lot of times they're not here. And, and, and how, how can you, you, you can't stand up here and preach one or two messages and expect people to understand the truth. Well, well how do we do it? Well, Paul told Timothy... That, that you're to teach men so they can teach other men. You know, you teach men so they can teach other men. Well, the Lord told, told the children of Israel here, he told them, he said, these things I'm going to make known to you. You make them also known to your children that they might teach them to their children. They might teach them their children. But where, where have we gone wrong? Where have we gone wrong? We, we come down to many, many, many generations after, you know, this time, many generations after this time, many, several hundred years after this time. We come down to this time now and, and we wonder why it is that children are growing up without any knowledge of the Lord. Why it is that parents are scared to death for children to learn the truth. I had a, had a man the other day, they got to talking to me about the holidays and everything, and he knows what I believe about them, how I stand on them. He said, well, I'm sure glad you don't teach my children. And, and, uh, and, and believe it or not, I was assigned a subject in a Bible conference many years ago. I was assigned a subject on, on the holidays. And I preached, and Rhonda knows about this. She was there. And, and one of the preacher's wives 
came to me after I preached, and she said, I would not have brought my grand, my children, my grandchildren to this Bible conference if I knew you was going to preach on that. She said, I saw the subject, but she said, I thought you were going to preach on a positive about it. And she said, I wouldn't have brought them. I said, why? Now, if I told you who it was, some of you know them. I said, why? She said, well, she said, my children don't need to learn those things now. Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, Just like I told this man when he said, I'm glad that my children don't sit under you. And... uh, I said, uh, well, what, I said, do you teach them about Santa Claus? Now, this is not my message today. I'm just bringing this in. I'm, this is free. Uh, you, uh, I said, you teach them about Santa Claus? I said, he said, yeah. I said, uh, when are you going to unteach them about Santa Claus? He said, they'll soon learn on their own. And I said, well, then, you've taught them for 10 years that there's a Santa Claus, and they learn there's no such thing. And then after they learn there's no such thing, they start trying to teach them about Jesus Christ, who they'll never, ever realize that they'll never see him either. And why why do you think your kids should listen to you if you've lied to them all these years? Why do you think they should listen to you now? Let me tell you, folks, teaching children, Paul, uh, the Lord, t- Jehovah God told them here in this parable about the children of Israel, the wanderings. He said, you teach these things to your children that they'll teach their children, that they'll teach generations to come, will know about these things. Now, who's going to stand in the bulwark right here at Landmark Baptist Church when I'm gone, when some of you people are gone? Who's going to stand in the board? Your sons and your daughters? You know, that's what blessed my heart about Carson and, and Garrett. That's what blessed my heart because I do believe that if anything happens, I, I do believe those two boys will take up and teach exactly what they've learned. And just like Brother, I was. Brother Samaru and I were talking about it. And Brother Samaru said, you don't know. said, these parents don't know. said, one of them boys may be the next pastor of this church. Oh, they can't be like that. Don't tell me. If you knew me before the Lord saved me, you'd say, well, he'll never be a preacher. Well, I got kicked out of high school. I didn't even get, get to graduate because I wouldn't give a book report. Let me tell you, it's important. It's important that you teach your children, that they teach other children, that they teach other. You children are capable of teaching others, but you're not teaching them anything if you stay out of church. You just teach, you're teaching kids, just like I, Paul Harvey used to say, when teachers would get on strike, he said, don't you teachers forget you're still teaching. You're teaching these kids they don't want to work, then they just get out on the street and run up and down the walk them down the street. What, what are we teaching them? Well, that's what uh, some of this, this this message is about. He says he says that God expected them 
that they teach their children the ways of the Lord, that their children will be able to teach their children the ways of the Lord. The psalmist states, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works He has done. If I ask you to raise your hand right there, I want you to do it. I asked you to raise your hand the other day. How many of you have ever hid from your children some of the truths of the Word? You're scared to death that they're going to learn them, and when they get out there in the world, their, their peers are going to make fun of them because of what they believe and what they stand for. You might say, well, I, I've never done, I've never done anything like that. You don't want your children to be shamed when they get out there. Let me tell you, I was 22 years old when the Lord saved me. I had tobacco spit. I had a white shirt and a tie on and a sport coat and, and, and a pair of dress pants. And I walked up to one of the old boys I used to run around with. Two of them, as a matter of fact. And I said something to him about the Lord, and one of them spit tobacco juice on my white shirt. Oh, they used to love when old Paul come around. They love old Paul when he come around. You know, he'd fight their battles for them if they needed it. But just as soon as the Lord saved old Paul, they didn't want nothing to do with him anymore. Is that the reason sometimes we don't want our children to be very sound in what we believe and what we stand for? Because we're scared to death that the world, that they're not going to be able to blend in to what the world does and what the world teaches. That's exactly why this was, exactly why this parable was written here in the Old Testament, was to show forth the need to teach our children. God wanted his children to set their hopes in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his Commandments, Psalm 78 and verse 7. What he says over there, that they, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Keep His commandments. Keep His commandments. The children of Israel in, in the, in the wandering wilderness, it's like the present world, which is a place of false trials and false testimonies. That, that, that was a picture of them wandering in the wilderness. The wilderness was a picture of, of this barren earth that we live on today, barren of God, barren of, of anything. And he told them, he said, you need to learn from this. You need to teach your children. When they stood up, those thousands, millions of them stood up when God promised them the promised land. And they stood up and they said, we're not going over there. There's only two of them that agreed to go. Two of them. Only two of them agreed to go. They said, we're not going over there. So those people are giants. So they'll, they'll, so they'll kill us. That's why they were warning wilderness, because they would not do what God would want them to do. Let me tell you, folks, all God wanted them to do, all God wants us to do today is to teach our children to keep His commandments. It's an important thing that we do that. <coughs> you say, well, you preach to them. I do. But just like Brother 
uh, Brother uh, Victor Brooks said to me when he came last year in December, he said, do you ever see what goes on on that back row back there? That's what he said to me. You know, it, it makes me ashamed. Let, let, me, let me tell you something, folks. We need to realize that these children need to grow up knowing the truths of the Word. Oh, it's wonderful if they know all about Disney World, all about cheerleading, all about playing ball, all about these things. It's wonderful if they know all about those things. It's also wonderful if you teach them about the Lord. If you teach them how they should dress and how they should act and what they should do. That's, that's all God asks of, of these children, of His children of Israel, as, as far as the picture of their wanderings are. That's all He asks of them. He said, you teach your children, that they teach their children, that they teach their children, that the generations to come will know about the ways of God. God has His ways, we have our ways. And we need to teach children God's ways. Children will learn your ways. I guarantee you they'll learn your ways. But you gotta teach them God's ways also. As we said, the children one, the world is full of valleys and sin infested swamps, which has an attraction to the wicked world. There's a lot of it there. There's a lot of swamps out there that I tell you we can get in, don't realize we're in them. I don't know how many of you have been following uh, the girl that was killed. Four of her classmates killed her. And and she and and she all all the reason they killed her is she said, I did not know what I was getting into with this friendship that I had. And they killed her. They killed her. That's the kind of world we live in today. These gangs and everything out there. These gangs, all these gangs that are, uh, that, that are out there and they're, you know, you ever get into one of them, you can't get out of them. I was into something one time that I, I vowed and declared I would never get out of. And that's Freemasonry. I took an oath when I went into Freemasonry. I didn't know what I was getting into. I was just 21 years old. And I took an oath that if I ever got out of Freemasonry, that they could take my bowels out and throw them out and let them be eaten. And when I did come up and I realized what I'd gotten myself into, like the Lord saved me and I started preaching, then I realized what I got myself into. I, I, I went and I told them, I says, I'm, I'm dropping out. Well, guess what? Six or seven of them came to my house. When I lived up in Kentucky, six or seven of them came to my house and they said, you know, we can kill you right now and be justified in doing it. I said, why is that? They said, you, you took a vow that you would never, ever drop out. They said, we can kill you. You know what I told them? They, they done made me mad. I said, you're going to have to sneak up on me. 
I said, you're not, you're not going to take me to my face. I can tell you that right now. One of them just looked at me when he went out the door. I walked out on the front porch with him. And one of them looked at me and he said, we'll get you. I said, I hope you do. I was upset with them. They threatened my life. But this, this is going on among young people all the time. You, you get in my group and you get in my swamp, you can't get out of it. Because when you get out of it, we're going to come after you. And I know I've seen it. I've seen it happen before. I've seen it today happening today. And I know, I know it's taking place. He said, teach your children the way of God so they can teach their children and their children can teach their children. It comes to the fact that, yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? What are we going to eat when we get out there? What are we going to eat? Now, this is a picture of what he's showing here. What are we going to eat when we get out there? I already said it this morning in Sunday school. You know, God took care of them. But they said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness while we're out here? In other words, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? The text I just read to you tells you what they going, what they drank. The children of Israel, I'm sorry, let me go back up here. Do we today find ourselves many times lost in a worldly wilderness and question, will God take care of us if we're far from him? Well, I don't care whether God takes care of me or not. I'll take care of myself. I know how. You've heard that old saying, you know, of uh, 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 what is it? What do they say, Brother Jim? Uh, 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 something about a man can, can survive or something. I don't remember how that goes. A country boy can survive. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, if everything he's got around him is taken away, he can't survive. Let me, let me tell you, folks, they said, can God supply us a, furnish us a table in the wilderness? They drank from the clave rock, which was their savior for that time. Oh, they were thirsty. They drank from the clave rock, which was their savior for that time. Let me assure you today that God has a, has a hollow, God has hollowed out a rock for you and I to drink from. When we have need today, where do we go? We go to God. You say, well, I, God don't answer our prayers. Let me tell you, folks, there, there's not a person in here that goes hungry. I know what it is to go hungry. But there's not a person in here that goes hungry today. God supplies what they need. But did you ever think about God setting a table up before you and furnishing you a table, bounty that just cannot be, cannot be understood? Cannot be understood. The water of this rock is a great picture of the gospel of Jesus, of which when we believe upon him, he will furnish a table for us every day of our natural lives. The table is there. It's bounty. 
You can't, you can't outgive God. You can't, you can't eat up everything that God will give you. God sent a manna. God sent a manna, and it was so much manna, they said, we don't know what we're going to do with it. God said, you've got to eat it today. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't wait till tomorrow to eat it. You don't put it in the refrigerator. Of course, in those days, that was something. You don't put it in the refrigerator and keep it for the next day so you'd have something to eat. You eat it today. Then when they got up the next morning, it was there again. They got up the next morning, it was there again. What did they do? They started complaining. Complain about it. They said, they said, uh, we, we're sick of this old bread. We're sick of this bread. Said, we want some meat to eat. We want some of Becky's chicken. We want some meat to eat. Well, God sent them quail. God sent them so much quail that they couldn't even go outside. They hit them inside the head. God sent them more quail than they wanted to see. God sent them quail. Let me tell you, folks, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outdo God. You might say, well, I make good money. You don't make as much money as God's got. You say, well, I own land. You don't own as much land God does. You, you don't have the provisions that God can give. You know, we only think about God when we get sick. Why? Because we never go hungry. We never, we never think about the fact that God says, I will give you the power to get wealth. You get wealth so you can buy food so you can eat. I didn't know the Lord when I was growing up. My mom and dad didn't know the Lord. None of us in our family knew the Lord. And we'd go bed hungry. I never went to bed one time hungry that I ever prayed to God and said, God, I, I want something to eat. No. My mom told me before I went to bed, she said, there's some biscuits I made in that oven right there. And she said, if I catch you in our in them, she says, I'm going to wear you out. I didn't pray that God would give me something to eat. I got up and I low crawled in through that kitchen. Well, Sam, I learned to low crawl before I went to the military. I low crawled into that kitchen and I reached up to pull that old, uh, old, uh, uh, stove fired cooking stove we had, cooking thing. Old, old stove that had a reservoir on the end of it. You, you know what I'm talking about. I pulled that lid down. And about that time, I heard my mom coming. And it was pitch dark. It's pitch dark. We didn't have night lights in those days. It's pitch dark. And I knew I was like a lizard. She started beating on that floor, beating on it, that, burnt, that stick trying to hit me. And I was just like a lizard running around in that room. Because she caught me. Well, let me tell you, folks. It hasn't been like this since I've known the Lord. The Lord has always taken care of me. The Lord's always taken care of my wife. The Lord's always taken care of my children. My children know as well as anything that that I would teach them that God is the one who takes care of us. 
God is the one who takes care of us. You know, some of my children have said before I didn't know I was going to be born to a preacher. Well, she better be glad she's born to a preacher because God took care of us. Not because I was a preacher, just because he takes care of his children. We know, we know that he does. Moses smote the rock. Moses smote the rock, but it was the Lord who claved it. So that the streams gushed out from it. This precious soul-saving treasure was hidden in the bosom of the rock with a capital R. You'll say, how do I know that? Because Paul talks about that rock in the book of Hebrews. We'll be teaching about it. This precious soul-saving treasure was hidden in the bosom of the rock, capital R, until it was smitten and opened by the Lord himself. What did Jesus do? What did God do for us? He came here to the earth. He lived among men. And they they hanged him on a tree. And what gushed out? What the Bible says gushed out of his side? Blood and water. Gushed out of his side. He did it all for you and me. If you're here and lost today, he did it for you. If you, if you trust the Lord as your Savior, he did it for me. He did it for you. It gushed out. Though Moses sinned against the rock, capital R, though Moses sinned against the rock, yet the water came anyway. Oh, what a wonderful thing. You know, oh, Brother Paul, I, I, I sin sometimes, but that rock keeps giving. Even though we've sinned, that rock keeps giving. Even though I've sinned, that rock keeps giving. It just keeps giving, keeps giving. That blood, that blood will never stop flowing. The blood that cleansed me from my sins will never stop flowing. It's, it's there. It cleanses me. Every day I live, it cleanses me. Oh, I sin today, but it, it cleanses me of that sin. Cleanses me of that sin. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. Also, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And with his stripes, we're healed. Every day we live with his stripes, we're healed. However, when one approaches the Lord for salvation, he will surely save. The psalmist says, Behold, he smoked a rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for the people? Sure he did. Psalms 78 and verse 20. Sure he did. That's what it says. Psalm 78 and verse 20. Behold, he smoked a rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Those answers are already answered. Yes. Rhetorical questions. Yes. Yes, he can feed you. Yes, he can give you drink. He can give you drink that you'll never thirst again. He can give you food that you'll never be hungry again. What a great blessing it is. This was a gift of God to every thirsty soul. 
Are you one of those today? The text states that out of the, out of the great depth they drink. Truly, the well of the gospel of Christ is deep that a multitude which no man can number can drink. That well never goes dry. Jesus told that poor Samaritan woman, I'm going to read it to you here in just a minute, but Jesus told that poor Samaritan woman the same thing. Out of the great depths of eternity past, these things took place. Salvation was not, not an afterthought of an eternal God, for Christ was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Even before the world was ever formed, God knew who his children were going to be. And if you're here and lost, or you're here and saved, the only hope you have is that you were one of God's elect children. Thank God for that wonderful hope. That God, that living hope that God gives. Peter called it a living hope that God gives to his children. It was out of the great depths of God's eternal love for his elect that he gave his only begotten son. This great river of grace is as broad as the world and as deep as the need of every one of the chosen children. Never give in, never gives up. Jesus told the Samaritan woman, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he wouldest have given thee living water. John 4 and verse 10. If you just ask, same thing today. If you just ask, God will give it to you. I can't ask for you. I can't tell you what to do. I can't ask for you. You have to ask for yourself. If you have a need today, I was just told of someone that has a burden just a few minutes ago. Told of someone that has a burden for someone. You know, God can take care of those things. God can take care of those things. We can't do it. We can't do it. We just have to sit and just wonder if things are going to get all right. God can take care of those things. But we've got to go to him and realize that he can do it. You know, I think the faith of a lot of people is dying. Faith of a lot of people is dying. You know, we've been praying for Brother Gary for three years now. Well, what are we praying for? We're praying God will give him a a, a kidney. I heard Brother Gary tell Brother Sam today that he worked out everything so he could be at the meeting because of his dialysis. Oh, it can be done. It can be done. God can bless that. God can bless that. We pray for Brother Gary. God takes care of Brother Gary. You folks pray for your pastor. God takes care of your pastor. I don't want you to quit praying for me because of that, but God takes care of his pastor. He takes care of him. You'll say, what about your eyes? God's got some of my eyes. Either they, either they'll put them out or they'll be better. If you're lost today, please go to him for a drink 
out of the great deep that will cause you to live forever. What a great blessing. Let's all stand if you would. We're going to sing a verse of song. I don't know.